Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. We have the Trojan Blast today, and our special guest is none other than scouting extraordinaire Lanny Julius. We had a lot of requests for Lanny to, to come on the show. We we're lucky to, to get him in studio here, and Lanny's going to talk all about this class of 2011 recruiting class for USC. Lanny, thanks very much for joining us. How are you doing, man? Love being here. Thank you. Okay, well, we're glad you're on board. we got a lot to get to, a lot of names. We've, we've covered classes in the past with you and it's been a lot of fun but usually there's about 18 guys in the class now we're going to talk about 30 or 31 guys so 31 31 guys so there's gonna be a lot to get to let's uh, jump right in now, now last year you said the class was the best i think it was if i quote you right the best in college football history yeah. i guess how does this class compare to last year not not at all in terms of uh, the top 10 12 players but naturally because of the numbers a good to very good class and it's what SC needed right now and people get on the coach but uh, no losses or a certain amount of wins any way you want to go about it were Lane Kiffin's fault last year maybe one game in particular but that's every head coach and maybe a couple were one because of him he had to fill up with a lot of bodies that can play now uh, and, and the lack of bodies last year caused a lot of injuries so he did the right thing and I don't know if anybody in the country at his school would have done a better job filling up needs than he did. I don't even like the guy, but he did a great job. <laughs> so you, you agree with the strategy that they really needed to kind of bring in more bodies early to, to help deal with the sanctions? It was a great strategy. Uh, Gary Klein in the LA Times think, as he thinks that USC invented it. Every school's tried to do that, but a lot of schools, in four-year schools, not a lot, but... 15, 20% of the schools in the nation or in the top 50 schools do not enroll people in midterm. For instance, Northwestern. Maybe a rare transfer from Stanford or something will go there. So SC had the opportunity to get those guys in in January, and they filled up uh, some needs. So they had to get a future snapper, a punter, a place kicker. So they don't have to worry about that anymore. So that was good, and they needed to get some spring work out of some J.C. linemen and got that. So. He did the right thing. All right, well, let's jump into those. There were eight early enrollees for this USC class of uh, 2011. They'll count towards the class of 2010, helping USC be able to bring in 30 or 31 guys here. Uh, we'll knock off a couple of special teams guys quickly. Andre Hadari, uh, Scottsdale High School out of Bakersfield, place kicker. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I'm going to rate guys just like I did last year, you know, a, a one through a five and have a plus if he really has an upside. I always get mad at people always not listing recruits as uh, kicking recruits at SC and some other schools and special teams guys as not being important. All I know at the end of a game when you're f fourth and 11 on your own three-yard line and you're up by two points and you're begging not to have a field goal beat you, you need somebody that can root the ball. And also if you do score before that, or if you do score after, you need somebody to put the ball high into the end zone, and that's Hyderi. Uh, maybe too high at times, and I think their special teams will correct that. You want seven out of every ten kickoffs to go three or 
three yards or deeper into the end zone for no return. And people don't return him unless a guy's at Auburn and uh, he hasn't added his math up and things <laughs> like that. But uh, So he's a plus. He'll hit many big field goals. And like every place kicker, he'll shank a PAT if he has to do that once in a while. He doesn't have to do that, but it'll, it'll just happen. He's not going to hit every 40-yarder at the end of the uh, first half to take the lead, but he's going to hit most of them. He's going to kick from 50. Yes, he will see some 52-yard field goals out of this guy. All right, what about uh, Peter McBride, the uh, the long snapper? I got to see him a little bit. He looks like he knows what he's doing at these winter workouts for USC. Not that I'm a snapping expert, but it looks like he has technique down like that. He's been trained to be a snapper, it looks like to me. Hey, you're very good, but I am a snapping expert, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I coached that for many years. And, you know, he's a 1.68 to 1.72 guy, and those guys make a lot of money in the NFL. Now, if he can handle, you know, and I think he can. He's an Irish guy, obviously. They're tough. And some guy, you know, the, the different rules about having to keep your hands off the center, both in the NFL and college. I know we're talking about college. I think it will be very good. Poussin, you know, they got coming back and did the PATs and field goals. But, I mean, McBride, uh, just a solid plus. And I give both Hyderi, I gave him a three plus, which is good, very good. And McBride, a three. Most of these people that rate guys, give them a two or a one or a three. They've never even seen them kick on a tape, let alone a highlight tape. But I've seen McBride snap. You know, I've got that high school channel where I see all the games and uh, so that's a great get for SC, both those guys. All right, so there's uh, special teams, uh, definitely a different focus with John Baxter on the staff now for Lane Kiffin, where Pete Carroll really wasn't, he was a little stingy with the special teams scholarships, and uh, Lane Kiffin was not. So there's a couple guys there. We'll get to one more a little bit later, but let's look at Soma Vanuku, who is going to come in in the last year's class and ends up uh, enrolling this year. He's there in the spring. Maybe a fullback, maybe a linebacker, but where do you where do you see about some of the new? Not maybe a linebacker, definitely a fullback. Definitely uh, fullback. Okay. I, I, big mistake if they put him at linebacker. You know he could head hunt uh, in that league uh, that he played in up in the Eureka area. Uh, it's a pretty good football level, but he's just made to be a fullback in the SC system. He's he's uh, a tough guy with the ball in hands. He's got a certain type of mag- magic that Havili had in the first three years at SC before all the injuries took its toll. And it, it has to a certain extent. Uh, Havili is a great Trojan. He'll be a hell of an NFL guy if he stays healthy. I compare him to Havili in his way of magic. He has power and strength. He's so hard to bring down. He'll drag tacklers. He'll turn four yards into nine when you need three in the first down. He'll get six more. He's got a little break it in him for 20 yards. He'll take the ball upfield. And, and, and if they run a few traps, whether it's an offset trap or whatever with him, he'll make some yards. He'll get some 40-yarders in there. He has enough speed right now at this age. I think he's got to get be no more than 250 to play and be – effective at his best if he keeps if he puts weight on i think he's got a problem but i think this guy's going to be a stud that's all there is to it he's a four he's very impressive looking out at the uh the spring i mean the uh, winter workout drill just yeah he's just yeah he's just something i mean they they got the right guy at the right time for that position uh no minutes nobody's ever played fullback at usc on this football team in that offense or any offense so he's one of the critical recruits of this class definitely Definitely, that's a position of need for USC. Yeah, we he, talk about linebacker, offensive line, and defensive line, but obviously not having any fullbacks. Well, uh, ask, Barkley, ask Barkley if we don't have a fullback. Yeah. I mean, he's going to spend uh, the fall on his stomach. 
It's important. <laughs> it's important that Benuku and then they develop somebody else at the fullback slot. You know, you need two, and sometimes you need three, but one is what we need, and two is what we hope, and three is a dream. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks then. They're kind of probably the most popular guys that came in early. Uh, one of the guys I got to see a lot of at the Army All-American Bowl is uh, Cody Kessler from uh, Centennial High School over there in Bakersfield. What are your thoughts on Mr. I Kessler? I think he's the most underrated, great high school prospect at quarterback in the country. I mean, some people would rate him in the top five. Half the people didn't rate him in the top 20. He's just a go-get, go-get-whatever-you-need type of player. He can run to the right, harassed. He can run to the left, harassed. He'll make what looks like soft throws. Got some zip on the ball, much more than people think when they see it on TV. Just gets there. A couple plays he made during the season, and every season since he was in high school in Bakersfield, are incredible. One game comes to my mind, a game that I actually saw on the high school channel of him rolling to the right and under duress. Not the All-Star game. He did it again in the All-Star game he played in and, and hitting a roving receiver who, who was in the backside of the end zone and three guys are underneath that receiver, and on the dead run going to his right, the receiver pulled up, which made him have to almost throw the ball back to the receiver, 60 yards on the money, touchdown against a good team. He can, he'll lower his head. He's got tailback-type feet. He'll turn, when he moves the chains, he'll get to the chains faster than most quarterbacks and move it for another five yards with his feet. He's not a, a go-to-the-color guy the flag and get out of bounds i mean and it's and he's not stupid he's got great football instincts uh i i think that he has a chance whether it's within a five-year period or a four-year period to be one of the great quarterbacks that i see ever wow all right so high accolades for mr Kessler. four plus four plus okay good good screw. And the only plus comes because a little bit of height issue yeah. he's not six four three he's, he's more not six, six two, two. Issue. yeah yeah he's, he's like a six one guy in reality and and but he's sort of long armed, so four plus. All right. Well, then his counterpart, uh, Max Wittick, out of Modern Day High School, originally transferred out there from Connecticut. Kind of a stronger arm guy. It looks like he's could be more in the six four range. Maybe yeah, grow he a little higher. Yeah. What about Max? Uh, another excellent prospect. Definitely a, a top ten, twelve quarterback in the nation. Uh, like Kessler, maybe number two, maybe number four. Whatever he's up there, he's got all the uh, attributes to be a great player. Uh, those who followed him closely through high school, he had a propensity not to be able to win big games uh, on the high school level. And people could, part of the SC football, Orange County Mafia, could say, well, <laughs> he didn't have the same players around him. Yeah, but the same players around him, meaning them, are the guys at other positions that made the Carson Palmers and the Leinerts and the Sanchez's and all those guys. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he's a streak thrower. Uh He's at times, he, I mean, he can really run. He's four six five or better, shorts on grass type guy. I think that he'll mature into possibly a great quarterback. But here it comes. Who will be the great quarterback eventually will be Kessler uh, or, or Wittick. Um, right now, it's a flip of the coin depending on what SC will run offensively throughout the years. They'll have to make some adjustments to each guy's style if he wins the quarterback job, regardless of what they're power SC offenses on their mind right now. Uh, but Wittick, uh, some of the throws he makes downfield are phenomenal. Uh, he's got escapability from the pocket, which is a key. He's got command, 
again, the same thing Kessler has, command. I mean, they compare very much of that. He can throw going either way, but not with the accuracy of, Keller, of Kessler. But the thing that is troublesome in a way, he's a streak thrower. And even his modern-day career, you'll see, as happened in some All-Star games, I believe, uh, interception or uh, a momentum breaker because of his throw. Uh, and then the next two series, you'll see him p hit people in the money all over the field, and sometime later in the game, he'll go back to the negative streak of where he misses throw after throw. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe because he's trying to long-arm it or short-arm it too much and do what the coaches want him to. But I'm sure the SC quarterback coaches and will, will, will correct all of those flaws. Every, every, all those quarterbacks young have flaws. But I, I rate him a four, and that's a, that's a guy who can play in the NFL. Any four can play in the NFL if they have a chance someday. But first got to play on Saturdays before Sundays. That's the Lanny scale of four, the four-star. That's the four yeah, yeah, yeah. Four four Lannies or whatever we go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the Lanny scale. All right. Uh, it's pretty impressive for you. I think a lot of USC fans are happy because two major high school all-star games, the one in Florida, the one in Texas, and two quarterbacks bound for USC pretty much were the star quarterbacks of those games. Uh, that's fine. But I remember when Gallipo was the player of one of those games and yeah. he was just another guy on the USC team at best. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to offensive linemen, guys that are going to protect Cody Kessler, Max Wittick, or whatever, down the – down the road, a couple of guys. I'm curious to see where you think these guys are going to play. If they're going to play inside or outside, we can start with out of San Mateo, uh, Jeremy Galton. First of all, I'll start out with uh, Bada Bing here, Bada not Bing? on Galton because they better. Garnes, we'll get to him after this, but Galton has got to be almost a better than average player immediately because. The SEW machine of wins won't go too far unless uh, six or seven things happen in the offensive line, which there's a great chance it will, uh, to protect the quarterback, which, which protects the running game, which makes the receivers more effective. It all starts the old John McKay thing with the offensive line. If you haven't got that, you ain't got much of a chance. And Galton's got to play. I like him. Uh, he's not a special player. He's a grinder. He's a guard. They might try to make him a weak side tackle. He's a guard, and uh, he's got some grind in him, like a, a, a guy we'll get to later, like Hobie. He's a grinder. Uh, he's not super athletic. Uh, his upside is, uh, is a good upside, not a great one. He's limited. Don't forget we're coming out of a decade where a small guy on the SC line was a legit 6'5 and 305 yeah. and built to the 9. You know, he's not that. I mean, he, he's a pretty decent-looking guy. He's got good feet. He's got some push, moves his feet. He's been coached pretty well in junior college. So we need him to be at least better than average. All right, and then you also mentioned David Garnett, uh, City College of San Francisco. What, where do you see well, him? Well, he'll be in the Guinness Book of Reduction Records one day. Reduction records? Yeah. And, and, and the first publication wrote about him being six seven two two years ago before he entered San Francisco <laughs> City College. I have that publication. Then he went to six six, then six five and a half, and then six four, and he kept shrinking uh, down to six three and a half. And what he is a six two and a half, six three guy if he can move his feet well enough like he looked like he did they talk about pancakes and you know when then when he gets recruited in magazines and recruiting updates he pancaked this guy or pancaked that guy well it's not ihop and 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 he's got a adjust to a 
he's got to be not better than average. He's got to be real good. And I think he might be real good if he's played in the right position. He has a chance to be real good real fast. But he's got to. And I'll get to that later in the show. But he has got to be good. That's one of SC's keys. And I'll get to the offensive line total after. But he's he's a three-plus recruit. And he's as, as high as a recruit that I could rate coming out of a JC because of the level of competition. So three-plus is almost a four. A guy can play a lot of years somewhere someday. But uh, we'll see how he adjusts. But I like him. I like the. He has a certain amount of mobility to him. He might be a tackle, but I don't see him as a strong side tackle. I see him either guard or try to make him if he can move his feet enough on the weak side. On the weak side, okay. And then uh, one last early enrollee out of Rancho Cucamonga, which I love to say, Dallas Kelly. The uh, linebacker, another position of need for USC. Another guy who's listed at 6'2 and 225. That's barely 5'11 if he's that. Uh, they needed him. They need a body for the spring. They need a guy with two years of eligibility. If, if worse comes to worse, he doesn't play a lot. He's smart enough, which he is, to learn the defenses, to be a backup at two of the linebacker positions. He might start in the spring. He might have a great spring. I don't see him starting in October, though. Um, but he'll probably be... You know, he's like my bride, Kelly, Irish, tough. I mean, he'll go make tackles anywhere you tell him to. And uh, so that's a good – I've got him as a two-plus, a guy that might – a three is a good player. He might develop into a good player. But just the ability for him to contribute in other ways to the football team. Practice, you got to practice against tough guys to be tough. That's one thing. you got to have a good backup to be solid. That's the second thing. And third, to be a special team star, I bet, if nothing else. All right. Well, that's the early enrollees. Let's look to the – this is the real class of 2011, guys that will be coming and joining the team in the fall. I kind of have a broken down by position, Lanny, so hopefully we can go that way. It's not a problem. Let's start out of the state of Florida. Lincoln High School, USC is very familiar with this high school. Javarius Buck Allen, the running back. Allen is a guy who's a three-plus. He's a straight-up runner. He'll bend over eventually and be a forward lean guy at times, but his natural habit has to be broken, as he'll be broken, running straight up in the Pac-10, and then against Notre Dame in Syracuse. He will be a, a tremendous plus to the SC football backfield. He's a good football player. He, he'll learn the forward lean. He'll get his body down. One of his attributes, he has the ability, once in the open field, not to get to the second gear because he doesn't have many gears. He's a four six four five five type guy. Might clock someday in the spring when the scouts are there at four four eight or something. But he's a four five five four six guy. But he carries his suit well. He carries his suit well. It actually reminds me a little bit of a lesser Marcus Allen. He carries his suit well. He doesn't lose speed with the pads on. Very little at all. He drags people, he gets extra yards, and he has a little juke past 20 yards. He'll allow a strong safety or a rotation defensive back or an offside backer coming to a cutoff point, and, and he'll make a miss. And he's got good hands, not great hands, but good hands. He's a hand catcher, not a basket catcher, which is always good for a guy who might end up playing what SC calls the big back. Of course, they invented that. That's actually the full back, so the big back. Uh, thing I don't go with because Tyler's the biggest back they got going right now and he's the tailback <laughs> so yeah he's a plus uh, he'll be a football player somewhere I don't see him on the other side of the ball say uh, after two year change because he's a natural not front lean guys and those are linebackers but he'll he'll, he'll battle Vanuku for the fullback slot eventually uh, in a muddy day he might be a good tailback to have 
he, I, I mean, coming out of Florida, he's got some mutter in him. So he's a plus, big plus. He'll also get down the field in special teams, and eventually, just by that, he'll learn how to, uh, you know, when they get to the 64 or 5 in the Pac-10 traveling thing, he's a huge plus there. He's a, he's a good football player. He's a 3-plus. All right. And uh, well, you mentioned good hands. I think this next prospect will will let you describe if that's what you think. But Amir Carlisle... Uh, at a Kings Academy up in Sunnyvale, California, I got to see him a little bit. A lot of I've seen him mostly in shorts and t-shirts at combines and things like that. But it did look like he could at least catch the ball well. What are your thoughts on Amir? Oh yeah, he he can catch well. He can run well. He can tackle well as a defender. He can cover pretty well as a defender. He he has good hands in his exchange with the quarterbacks. Uh, he has a chance to play a lot. I, I think he will play a lot. I don't know if it will be often or early. At times, I, he's the type of guy that will be a very good special, but, uh, play, uh, special teams player as a true freshman if they use him. And, 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 and in that fact, he'll be a plus. He has a little magic, uh, especially when he goes to his left, uh, running the ball. And uh, I don't know why the left. I've seen him a number of times, not just in highlight tapes. And... Uh, you know, don't forget his high school has been in a lot of playoffs over the years on TV. Watch all those over and over. Uh, I think he's a plus. Uh, I, I, I feel that uh, that's a good uh, good get for SC. Uh, he might have been one of those guys that get like Sorrell, who got denied admission to Stanford. Uh, they were denied admission. And uh, he might be one of those guys because it's a January get for them over Stanford in the greatest role of their football history. SC's lucky to have him because he'll turn out to be a very good football player at SC. Maybe too heavy-legged to be a cover corner, but he's heavy-legged enough to be a really good back someday at SC. He's a four. He's a four. So Okay. Um, but you kept mentioning defense. You think he might switch over? Well, heavy-legged. He might be a strong safety if they're running some you know dimes and nickels a lot, an invert guy, because he's really physically built. He looks so much bigger than his actual weight. I mean... I mean, don't put too much pounds on him. He sort of reminds me of the kid, really, in the NFL right now from UCLA, Horton, who's starting, you know, Washington and all that. Yeah. Same type of kid. You know, hell with UCLA on this thing, but the <laughs> guy did go to UCLA. He sort of reminds me of Horton, who, who was a running back in high school. Same type of running back as Carlisle, only 10 pounds less than, oh, he's starting in the NFL right now, four years later, as, a, as an invert type guy. So Carlisle's, uh, SC staff has some good options with him. Okay, um, let's move. There was only one tight end, and I guess you could list him as a wide receiver if you wanted to as well. Junior Palme, uh, Rancho Verde High School. USC got a couple of Rancho Verde guys on the very last, on signing day. They end up signing with USC on signing day. What do you think about Palme? Is he He's a tight the, end, wide receiver? What, what of the entire re- recruiting class nationally, I always make, this is funny, a football freak, creme de la creme 11. And he's one of those top 11. He's a freak. I mean, wow. a football freak. I'm not trying to insult his integrity here, but he's special. <laughs> he always had the rap on being a lazy guy uh, for various parts of taking time off. That's a bad rap. He has magic. Uh, if you see not just highlight tapes, if you watch any of those TV games that's on Fox or the high school channels or go to a game, and I've been to two of his games in four years, even as a ninth grader or tenth grader or whatever. I can't remember, but I remember him. Uh, Pomi would be a guy that if you put at linebacker, would play in the NFL there. Outside strong, inside, outside weak, fullback, tailback, tight end, slot back. He's a seven-position guy. He's, he, he, in a football suit, hurdles people four feet off the ground. 
and then lowers his head and takes on tacklers. He's got magic in traffic catching the ball. His breaks on the slants and the posts inside out. He can read coverages because of that system, you know, in that era, inland, inland empire, high school football players actually read coverages better than they do than their literature books. And he's one <laughs> of those guys. He's a four plus. Four plus. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, probably the most upside, like, I guess, uh, like Rivals has him, right? Oh, no, they have him have a four star guy, but you have a four plus. All right. So that's a, that's a pretty big, nice little boost there for a uh, junior. How, okay. So let's look at some wide receivers there's some different options here we talked about Pome. do you think actually do you think he's going to be a tight end or where do you think he's going to play Pome. yeah Pome can be in anything because he does run under four five five and he and he probably has clocked a lot of four four fives you know in those train you know, in summer and spring camps and combines because the way he carries his suit also he can play anywhere he's a danger if you put him a wide out and you get a roby sized guy or a henderson sized guy defending him oh, okay i mean he's a hazard to those type of people and that's not taken away from their abilities he's a hazard he's a hazard blocking downfield when he wants to be he's just a plain football elite plain freak hazard he can play anywhere all right he could e- actually be ricky bell if he wanted to be of this era that's pretty high praise coming from Mr. Julius. All right, good stuff. He could be Ricky Bell if they put him at tailback and they taught him how, you know, with, with the SC coaches. He's that good. Okay, well, I think you got some USC fans excited out there, and we'll definitely be watching him when he comes. Four plus, remember. Four plus for a junior. All right, uh, Victor Blackwell's a guy that definitely impressed me a little bit more when I saw him at the all-star practices down in San Antonio. He was... I think he, he made a lot of plays in high school as far as like stretching the field, but he became kind of like a possession receiver. It showed some versatility, at least down there. He dislocated his pinky, still made a lot of catches, came right back from it. He's a guy, I think, at least in my mind, kind of his stock got bumped up a little bit. What are your thoughts on Victor Blackwell? Yeah, I totally agree with you. You got it right on. I'm proud of you for that. Hey, thanks, I mean, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe we can switch microphones one day. You know? no, I'll, no, interview, no. I'll interview you. A- anyway, uh, Blackwell... You know, I've not only watched him play football so much, but I've watched him actually run. I'm, I'm one of those track and field slash football freaks that goes to the state meets, the CIF meets. I mean, 65 years I've been doing this. I started when I was four. And this guy carries a suit very well. I saw him just walk when he had injured uh, 48, 8, 400 meters in the state uh, semifinals last year. I mean, the CIF semifinals. I've seen him run 46 8 splits on the 400 relay without even being injured and he couldn't train for it. He'll run, if he takes it seriously, a 10 4 800 meter, which equates to a 4 4 4 uh, or 4 4 5 4 40 this year in track. He can catch the ball. He works hard. Only negative, he's a little too upright. Uh, and, and that's a negative on receivers. Usually a back, they usually bend over coming out of the huddle. They learn how to bring their chest down to their knees. Uh, receivers are hard to break that habit. They'll break it, though. Playing time will be an issue. Uh, SE has seven or eight receivers going into the, uh, into the season. If, if he redshirts, that would help him. And if he doesn't redshirt, that will probably help SE's depth. He's definitely a player. He's definitely, with all the numbers, he's a four-player. Yeah, he's a guy that's almost like Coulter, only a little better at times at that age and, and bigger. All right. And he's a, what is he, a four? Or what four. Are he? four. He's a four. All right. 
For Colbert, you were talking no, about? No, Colbert. Um, no, uh, Blackwell's a four. Okay. Uh, and Colbert was a four. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Kerry Colbert, who's was USC's tight end. Now going back to the NFL. Yeah, now he's going to make a run at the NFL again. Um, the next guy is... Dreaming. <laughs> hey, Mike Williams did it. They were training together, actually. Uh, Mike Williams is 6'5 and 220. <laughs> That's true. Uh, next guy a lot of people think is the, the jewel of this USC class out of Sarah High School. George Farmer, wide receiver. He played some safety and stuff as well. And I know maybe we should, before we even get into him, there's some history. When I was talking to George Farmer Sr. and happened to, I don't remember how I mentioned your name, he went absolutely crazy because you recruited George Farmer Sr. I think you were the the first white coach of the all-black college. Tell the story. In the history of this country. (laughs) And the first guy I went after was George Farmer Sr. because I watched him in high school at Gardena. Where where were you coaching? I was coaching. I just uh, went to Southern University in the SWAC, Grambling, Jackson State. Uh, That's those kind of great football schools uh, that produce a lot of football factories. And uh, I, at the time of my life there, by the way, uh, I got a stiff neck uh, looking at all the beautiful women and... uh, so I would go up on the yard. It's not a campus in predominantly black uni- universities. It's a yard. Sit next to the Pope. Up, uh, and honestly, in the spring, just watch the girls go by like the old song. Farmer comes and sits down with me one day and says, Hey, coach, something wrong with you? And I said, I recruited you here. I'm one of your coaches. I have respect. He's okay, coach. And then he started using a bunch of funny words, and he was just hilarious. I just That guy was in my office day and night. I just loved him. I loved him on a player. I loved the way he competed. I loved the genes he passed on to George Farmer Jr. I loved his football intelligence. I loved him with the Rams. Uh, I told the Rams scouts, one's dead now, Jack Faulkner, going into this draft, get George Farmer. And all George Farmer did was help them get to a Super Bowl. George Farmer, if you're stuck, if you have to be stuck with a guy we never wished at on another planet, you want to be with George Farmer. He'll laugh. He'll eat. I mean, he'll find food. He'll talk, he'll talk some tiger to death to, just so we can eat the meat. He's just a rare guy. And George Farmer Jr., has got a lot of those excellent qualities of his father. George Farmer Sr., a devoted father, and it all went down to a devoted son, George Farmer Jr. I think George Farmer Jr. is one of the two elite stars of this recruiting class. We'll get to the other one later. What George Farmer will do, uh, magical things he'll do like every great receiver do at times, including Fitzgerald in the NFL and the Coley's. They'll drop two balls in a row. He did that in the state championship playoffs in his junior year. Uh, he'll get covered and shut down by somebody once in a while. And then the other 95% of the game, he has Heisman written all over him, all his career. He just makes plays. He has three gears. Uh, I hope he can show the third gear off in track and field this spring because I think George Farmer Jr. can run 10 and 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 20.35 in high school track this year if he if he devotes himself. He's that fast and all that folks equates to 422 to 427 guy he is that and uh he'll catch in the crowd he reads defense he has wonderful football instincts and if you take on any farmer even some grandfather someplace he'll block a guy downfield and he'll keep blocking and he'll lean over and say i can't wait till next time i can block her i'll block you that's so important in sc's offense especially with a young offensive line everybody downfield has to make blocks if anybody escapes past the line of scrimmage george farmer Five, five plus. Wow. Okay. So the highest graded, the highest rating we've had in Lana Julius history. There, five, five plus. Very nice. Sorry. We like that. Sorry. And it's cool. We, I like the the George Farmer senior stories too because I I just can't tell you when I mentioned the name and 
George Farmer Sr. went absolutely crazy. I need his number. I gave you a call, so I'm glad I could uh, at least put you two guys in touch. Uh, One thing funny about that is okay. I go to the games, but I sit across the way so I can watch the game because George is <laughs> eating me up. He'll talk to you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy, though. Uh, like you mentioned. Well, how about his teammate, Marquise Lee? I'm not sure where you think he's going to play safety receiver. Houdini. He's the Houdini of high school football. He makes magic plays. He's a four-plus. He's slated to be a receiver-slash-corner-slash-safety. He's a seven-position player, put on 10 pounds, a great tailback type. He's just he's a wiggle with magic. He's a run-after-the-catch. He's a impossible catch guy he's got magic he's got a certain amount of magic that george farmer jr george farmer jr does not have all that magic even though he's a five-star um, lee has that magic uh, you know his career varied an interesting story a little bit because he actually loved basketball more than football and he's actually a very decent point guard who probably could play at low-end division one schools but somewhere, and I think along with George Farmer Sr.'s prodding, he took football serious, uh, seriously. For George Farmer Sr. was the coach of all those guys in their peewee football leagues, all the Sarah, and most of the Sarah guys. Oh, okay. So he's like a second father to a lot of those guys, not downgrading Marquise's family. He's got a great family, but off the field, uh, out of the house. Uh, Lee can catch, he can run routes, he can cover on the other side of the ball, he can jump and out, I'll go back to offense, he's a run after the catch, a magic guy. Uh, so 175 to 185, that's all. Don't get him too much bigger because he plays like he's 210. Just get him a little stronger. He's got to have a real good weight program not to take that burst out of him. He doesn't have one, two, three, but he has he has one, three. What I mean, all of a sudden you'll see him running fast and go to a third gear like that. And that's rare. Even you know, great sprinters have slash football guys like straight ahead one two three. He goes one to three right now. Magic turns on, and there's no reason. But he he equates to a guy who's barely a four five runner. But he's another Marcus Allen guy in his recruiting class with carrying a suit like Pomi. Pomi is he is the way he carries a suit. So so Lee is a four plus. Four plus for Lee. All right, so that's a, that's a lot of talent coming out of Sarah High School for USC. Um, that's the end of the receivers' positions. Let's talk about the offensive line. They got two guys early. We talked about earlier. Four guys in there um, coming in in the fall class, and the first one out of Scottsdale, Arizona, we're going to talk about. Kind of looks like a bodybuilder a little bit. Cyrus Hobby, what do you think about him? Well, he does, and maybe too much as far as options and where to play him. I think SC might have recruited him as a left tackle. Um, they might have seen a sophomore film when he was 247 and 6'2". He's <laughs> a little junior, different looking and, now. And He's after different. his junior year, he's 6'3 six, six, and a half and 263, the actual weight. And now he's a guy flirting around 290. He's a guy that can play for a lot of years, Saturdays and Sundays, but not as a left tackle. Essie might be forced to play him there or might look at him there. And if they do, I think they'll make a mistake that they'll realize eventually. Um, He's an inside guy. Uh, he, he's very intelligent. He could actually be a center eventually. Uh, he could be either guard. In, in, a, in a bad situation with injuries and you only want to play seven or eight in your five guys, he could go to strong side tackle for a while, but he's an inside guy. He's a nasty, nasty, high-end nasty on the football field. That's what you want. Uh, I hear he's a great kid off the field. You want a nasty guy in the, inside <laughs> the line. 
he moves his feet well enough as a guard, and he's got upper body strength, natural, and then more with the lifting. But he can't get too tight. That will, that's the only weakness I see. He can't lift too much. He can't become a 230 guy because he's only really barely 6'2". You know, that's what he is. He's not 6'4". He might grow, but, you know, most guys in this area do not grow because they're enrolled in first grade at 6. Guys of my era and even two decades later were in first grade at 5 years old. So I think he's one of those younger guys that might grow. I mean, I think he's a 17-and-a-half guy, and he might grow into a tackle. But I I think he's going to be a special, special offensive lineman. He's a four. All right, four for uh, Cyrus. How about local kid, Crenshaw High School, Marcus Martin. Big kid. He's uh, They list him at 6'3". No, big fat kid. 340-ish yeah, or yeah, so. I've got to be honest. And, and – uh, you know, he, he, most people want to look like their high school coach. He does not, and uh, <laughs> he's got a, a lot. He's got a tremendous upside because of nothing else. It's almost like a, I mean, and, and our Holmes is playing for SC right now. It wasn't like that, but he was sort of like that, sort of round and robust. But he was actually that solid. Martin's got a long way to go to get his body ready. I hope they give him a great diet during the summer. Have a straight pro uh, when he enrolls. He needs a lot of work to be a player right now. I saw him get handled a lot during the high school season against uh, Division One prospects that signed with schools. And I, sent, I saw him handle guys, but not elite guys. I saw him in a Norco game get handled a lot on, on, on his side of the ball. Uh, there's definite uh, uh, issues in terms of what he has to do to his body to improve. And SC coaches know what they're doing. I mean, uh, the new strength coach and all that's cleaned up and They'll get him, but I don't know if the path will happen where he'll be a contributor this year. He might be forced into playing, and no matter what, I've always said this in offensive linemen, no matter how you're good of healthy, in four years you'll always be better in five. And that's coming to fruition now with guys like Graf who will eventually, I hope, stay five because of lack of playing. Khalil, I hope, stay five. Holmes, I hope, stay five. And with all those three guys, family ties, they will. And Martin tied to Pollard and other Crenshaw guys and local. I hope they make him a five-year guy if they don't have to play him this year because he'll be really effective. I don't rate him as high. I think high school accolades, I got him as a three-plus, meaning a lot of upside. Could be a four-player very early. Yeah, it seems more like a project, but there's a there's definitely looks like some talent in there. So yeah. we'll have to see if the coaches yeah. can three plus coax that out. All right. Uh, how about from Bakersfield? Cody Temple, a lot of people describe him as kind of like a street fighter. What do you think about Mr. Temple? Like a freak? Street fighter uh, kind oh, street, of thing. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, that type of guy. He's an undersized guy. Um, I don't think you can make him much bigger. I don't think you want to make him because Parsons was actually right around 6'4". I, I, I think people want to make it SC or, or around the Pac-10 people into Parsons, the guy who ever mentioned. I kept raving to a couple guys that you're very close friends with. That Watch that guy. who play in the NFL someday. He's got feet. He's a defensive lineman. But that guy could play on either side of the ball. And Parsons starting the NFL this year. Well, this guy's the same way. And, and uh, we don't know. Uh, he, he started out, schools recruited him as a defensive lineman. A lot of people thought he had great feet. I don't. And uh, I think he's perfect to redshirt, not to play. I think they will redshirt him, try to mold him. And I think maybe a center. He might be a, a six, two and a half, six, three, three hundred and six pound center in two years. That seems like about the right size. Like yeah. body wise, it seems that'd be a good He's a three. He's a three. And the three is good. You've got a lot of chance to be a contributor and a good player. All right. Here's one of the, my favorite players in this class, the last of the offensive line. It's comes with a good story. I think we've told it on the podcast before, but down the Army All-America Bowl, and you gave Lane Kiffin 
who you're not a big fan of, but you gave him a lot of accolades well, for I'm what he's I'm a big fan done. of Lane Kiffin as a coach. I just don't like him. Okay, but this is one of the things that he pulled off kind of a miracle here. They're at the Army All-American lobby, and after the, the game, you can come out, the coaches can come and kind of bump into players and talk to them and stuff. And talk came with Andre Walker's mother, who's from Glenville, Ohio, uh, Glenville High School in Ohio, and not a uh, you know, school that USC's tried to get guys out of and never been able to kind Ginn of get and all those guys. All those guys, yeah. Getting seniors, the coach, and all this stuff. Well, when the, the talk of what do you think about your son coming to USC comes up, her mother rolls her eyes like there's no, and this is like you know a month before signing day, so you're like there's no chance you know yeah, yeah. at all yeah. that USC is going to be able to pull this off, and somehow Lane Kiffin did. We get a big body, a great offensive yeah. lineman. What do you think about Andre Walker? Well, I think about Lane Kiffin first. Kudos to Lane, and that's why Lane Kiffin's Lane Kiffin. He's got some magic, and he can evaluate players. and uh, And when I say I don't like Lane, I got to make another point. I don't dislike him. I you know, the two times I've been around him, he's fun to talk football with. And, uh, but I don't like people till I get to know him actually. So, but he can recruit and he can evaluate and I could see him, I could see him changing the mom. You know, he's got that little cutesy boy scout thing in him that, that, that I like watching on TV interviews. And that's, that's, a, that, 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 that's a great story. And, and, uh, I like the player better than the mother though. Um, because the player's the guy, we gotta, we got to worry about the player. The player is the important thing, and he's one of the two keys on the offensive line. Either he or Hobie have to be good early, and the other one has to be good almost as early. And two of those guys, and I don't think Martin or, Temp, or, or Tempo have that now, so a young, they need young offensive linemen, and I believe one of those guys will play a lot sometime during the season, maybe even start. But neither of them are Justice right now, who did that, and Tyrone Smith. But they're close. Both, uh, I would take Walker over Hobie uh, in terms of who would play earlier because I like him a little better than Hobie. He's, he's a four like Hobie. I think he has, um, he's played at a higher level of competition. Hobie's played against good teams. But that league, that district in Glenville is really big-time football and who they play in the offseason. Um, so I could see Hobie and uh, and uh, Walker being the starting guards next to each other for three years, eventually, or two years. Uh, Walker's got push. He's got drive, natural power and strength. Got to watch the weight, though. He flexes. He's a boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a little bit of a big, fat boy right now. And... Uh, and that's a nice way of saying it. He's got to get some baby fat off, or Hobie doesn't. And uh, but I think both of them might be forced into having to play and contribute. But they got to be good, and that's hard for freshmen. All right. Uh, well, let's go to defensive backs, and we have a guy that was originally going to enroll early and didn't quite work out, but he's still signed with the USC class of 2011, uh, Arizona Western JC, a guy that's kind of built a little bit like Sharice Wright. Uh, Isaiah Wiley, what do you think about him? He's probably one of the six or seven keys to the recruiting class. You know, the Trojans have a lot of guys, and I just mean guys in the secondary. And then you can pick the guy, the people, away from the guys. Young red shirts like Bailey and Wright. Uh, you know, uh, another, uh, naturally, McDonald's the best in the country. Uh, that's three, possibly Harris. And after that, I mean, there's no proven 
I'm not talking about minutes. Really good defensive back on the SC football team. I, there, it's not. It, it doesn't make anybody bad. Roby's not a bad player. Uh, Starling's not a bad. Starling's not a bad player. McAllister, the health issues. Jones, a guy. Most of those guys are just guys because they're either a sight, uh, height issues or whatever. Uh, and some like Roby will end up being pretty damn good someday. But this guy is pretty damn good right now. And he can play any four positions. He'd be awesome as a boundary corner, tight side. He'll be good as a field corner. I mean, you put 10 pounds on the guy and start a weak outside backer. He's one tough sucker. He's a hitter on the run. He's a good cover guy. He'll jump outs. He'll re redirect on slants. And when he gets, he has catch up, he can close. When he gets beat on a route, and he'll knock the hell out of you all over the field. So I think he's critical for SC to get in in the fall. And based on the recent J.C. fall thing, that's sort of uh, uh, tumultuous right now in their mind because, uh, you know, he's a, he's a kid out of Baton Rouge. And, you know, once you sign, I think he signed somewhere before he went to junior college. I'm not sure. Or he was a non-qualifier, signed as a non-qualifier. I've never been able to find that. So he's important that uh, it's important for them to get him in for the summer or the fall because he'll play right now. Uh, okay. he's a four, and he's a four. He's a, a four. four, okay. Rare for a JCDB. All right. What about uh, Ryan Henderson, the uh, teammate from Ranchos Verde? Uh, well, a lot of people have issues with me and what I say about this guy. All you got to do is pull three tapes against three high-end people and Norco played them. Regardless of all the numbers, they're a little fantasized, I believe, in all the combine camps. Four, two, five. He ain't that. Five, ten. He ain't that. Five, nine. He ain't that. He's taller than Roby, barely. And what he is, though, he has a great vertical leap in a football suit. A lot of guys test with a vertical leap: thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two. They can't jump it. This guy can go forty inches in a football suit. He has great on-ball reaction. He tends to slack off against a lesser. He plays down to bad opponents. But big games, which are most of the games in the Inland Empire, big games, he'll give, and on this level, he'll play like hell. He's a big, big, big-time steal from the University of Utah he was committed to. He was a national recruit that committed to another Pac-10 school now, Utah, early, and that was probably a bigger loss to the Utah football team than any get they got because he just stepped on the field and started right now. He just stepped on the field last year and started at Arizona over Richardson, the kid who UCLA booted out of school. He would have started at Washington at corner. And I, those had good secondaries, better than SEs last year as a total group. And I, I think that he'll fight his way into a heck of a lot of playing time by October and maybe earlier. I'd get him on the field right now. And what is he in your mind? What's he rated? He's a four. He's a four, okay. High rating for Mr. Henderson. How about some linebacker talk? We've got some good linebackers in this class, obviously, position of need. We already mentioned uh, Dallas Kelly, but Mr. Kentucky football, the best player in the state of Kentucky, Lamar Dawson. What do you, what do you think about him? Well, he's my other elite player in this class, uh, other than Pomey, uh, who's a four-star because of the necessity of his success, and we talked about Farmer. And, and then there's Lee and, and excuse me, Lee and... Dawson. Dawson's a five. Dawson is a three-position player on defense. He's, a, I mean, he's just a fast, intelligent, wild man on the prowl when the other team has the ball. He can back up. He can cover. He can run. 
He's a hitter on the run. He creates plays. He makes big plays. He reacts to balls in the ground. He gets tips. He's got a good vertical. He uh, he can take over a game at times by great plays, almost like two of Stanford's linebackers last year. He can take the game over. He can take the game over in the high school level, which I think that he will translate to the college level, like um, Cardin, the linebacker from TCU who played in the Rose Bowl. He can take a game over and dominate it. Uh, that's something that no other SC linebacker recruit has in him. He can't. No, all those guys are good. Uh, the other freshmen, but this guy can dominate the game. He's he's might be. I know they talk about Vodders, Wallace from Skyline in Dallas has gone to Oregon. Vodders is going to Stanford. Uh, Wilder uh, uh, or various guys like that. If they play linebacker, this guy is, might be the best linebacker in the country, or if, at the very worst, one of the top three or four. So he's a five. He's a five. Big my one. Only, uh, he's my only. There's Dawson and Farmer. And Farmer. He's the other five. Okay. Um, it is a he's good a start right away now, or, or they're crazy. Okay. We'll have to see what happens there. What about um, Trey Madden from uh, another Orange County guy? Yeah, I think there might be some academic issues uh, there. I don't know. Uh, I raved about him for four years to three or four guys that you know very well. Uh, watched him forever. Uh, I always called the shoemate thing overdeveloped uh, out of Orange County too soon. I was 100% right in what happened to him. Just a guy. Madden's not just a guy. A very talented athlete uh, that I've been raving about for four years. You know, I, I, I could see him a lot of places. I could see him at strong safety, at weak outside backer. You know, he's been a quarterback. I could see him in an emergency in, a, in, in Say they travel three quarterbacks because uh, there's a fourth one hurt, a snowy day, guys get sprint, going out and get you, you being a wildcat guy and helping you out in the fourth quarter if you need to get through a series. He's a football player, football player. He's a hitter on the run. He's a mouth-to-mouth tackler. As a linebacker, he'd be a superb cover guy on the weak side or the strong side, whatever flat the rotation lines up in. Uh, he's a four, and uh, I think the academic, I, I, I don't know if he's accepted uh, he had the injury last year that he played at 80% the four or five games at the end of the season. But you never know when a guy's had a fracture how that might affect his next four years. I mean, you know, you play, you're hyped, you have fresh legs because your legs been worked on, not run on. You're not walking over or, or running on grass. People aren't running on you, so you're fresh. So we'll see. He might be a guy I don't think they can afford to that'd be great with a red shirt here. But I think they'll be forced to play him, and I think he'll be very good as a freshman once he learns the scheme. Probably a guy, another October contributor, maybe late September. Possible starter down the road this year. And he's a four? Four. He's a four, okay. And then another linebacker from New Jersey, Anthony, now I've heard different pronounces, Sorrow, Sorrow. Yeah, another guy, he needed a 1,500. He took it three or four times to get into Stanford. I think he almost had a 4.2 or way over a straight-A average. He took the test on the final time. And January 17 issue of Sports Illustrated, uh, this whole story in him, how he raved about Stanford, the coaches, the recruiters, the academics, the perfect school. And four days later, he got his uh, non-acceptance letter. And uh, another fortunate get, Carlisle and him. And it's not knocking our academics at SC. You know, we're better than UCLA academically. You all realize that now because I read that stuff all the time. So Taylor Bruin fans, but getting back to Sorrell, <laughs> getting back to Sorrell. He's a straight-line hitter. He's not an adjust guy. He zeroes in on people. He's actually, like, perfect in a way, but he's not a clown, and he's not a me, me, me guy. He's a great team guy. 
when he zeroes in on you, he's a heat-seeking missile. He'll, other than Berfick did in most of his college career, he doesn't go around guys or go through them to the ball, which really creates injuries for opposing ball carriers and fear because now you've got 500 pounds sitting on your butt instead of 220. And he can cover. He's a little stiff, but he can, he's got enough bursts coming out of a drop to get to the ball, bat the ball. I, I like him a lot. He's a four-player. He's an early starter at SC, unless I'm wrong. He's a guy with uh, a mean streak, and he's got good football instincts. So he's a super good. He's a four. He's a four? Okay. So a pretty good linebacker class. And then another guy who might end up being a linebacker. He could play fullback, could play defensive end. I'm not really sure. Charles Burks out of Edison High School. And, and, he, and he might not play anywhere. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a mystery. And, and recruiting story behind him was a, a tremendous, stupid mistake on the SC football staff. They assumed that all districts can get kids in in midterm. Well, their district doesn't. Anybody's coached in Southern California long enough, shame on you, Ed, shame on you, Lane, should have known that. Orange County thing. It's not a phone call to modern day anymore and let's have your quarterback. They went after this guy because they needed a fullback. And uh, he ends up being a very good high school career guy. He can run. He has a burst. I doubt if he's six, let alone six one. I think if he doesn't contribute right away, they'll redshirt him and try to make him the third fullback because he's tough as nails. You see him on highlight tapes, he's very good, but it's usually coming out with his hand on the ground. All-star game, they played them you know, all, all over the place. A lot of people look good. I cite a lot of Trojans that look good in all-star games, going back to Schweigerts and all those guys and Perez. and I call them bus. Burke's not a bus. Burke's a guy that will play Division One football and be a good player somewhere. I don't know if he'll be at SC forever. I don't know. I, I, I just don't see him playing much with Venuco and Allen right now, and uh, I don't see him being... I see him, if he's a linebacker, about a two-year adjustment. I mean, you can't make everybody a canard and make everybody a project. they got enough linebackers right now to find if it is going to be fullback, a place for Burks to be a fullback and work at being a good fullback. I don't think it'll be the linebackers that uh, Dawson, Sorrell, Maiden, that those guys, and Poulard coming off a redshirt year will be. All right, we're coming down the stretch. We've got some defensive linemen to talk to and about a punter. Uh, Greg Townsend Jr. out of Beverly Hills High School. A lot of a lot of hype around him. What do you think about Mr. Townsend? You know, I was on the field for two high school games on the sidelines that he played on at uh, this year, and he really plays down to his talent. I, I saw the L.A. Hamilton uh, Garden Center handle him throughout the game. Uh, two guys will play Division three football someday. Uh, I know the the bloodlines, the genes. I know Woody Tess. I know the body he has. Uh, the perfect frame. I saw him running around with great speed in the all-star game. Um, I've never seen him go through a guy to the ball. I never see, I, he goes under, which is good. He goes around, which is good. And I have to learn that. Uh, I see him as a great player eventually if he, if he's coached into it and, and believe me, Orgeron will coach him into it. Um, if he has to, I don't see him being a great player this year. I see him make some great plays. I, I see him make some great players this year and people going ooh and ah and all that kind of stuff. But I also see a lot of mistakes. Uh, he's, I think, one of the two outside people of the future. I hope the future isn't now, but they might, they're going to have to play two or three of those true freshmen. I think that he'll, you know, because Ukul's a redshirt freshman, Ukul will be phenomenal, by the way, and I said that last year. Um, you got to get some young meat in there because he'll play because of 
there'd be three seniors going and two guys who could go this year. And even if uh, Perry doesn't play, he can play it down. He'll still be a third or fourth round pick at the worst next year. Horton, because of the local ties, might stay five. But if they have an eight and five year, he might go. Uh, I hope they don't. We all hope they don't. Um, but uh, with four or five guys going, they got to get two or three really good players other than Uko, beside Uko, ready to get minutes the next year. I see Townsend playing. I've seen him make great playing, great plays, and I see him making a lot of mistakes and giving up a lot of yards inside. What is his? What do you rate him? Four. He's a four. Okay. Uh, maybe more of a project out of Corona High School, Devonte Wilson. What do you think about uh, him? It might be a lot of a project. Uh, and I, it is a project, but I, I really want to change that word, a project process. They'll go through the right process. A project is only a building going up, and then there's a process, getting people to rent the place. That's why you build the, store, the building. And it's a project process with him. He has every ability to be a good player. He, I don't like his body right now. Uh, I saw him playing games where he had great games and then not even average games. I think he has a tremendous upside at the position and well. I don't know on that frame if you can make him a three technique. Uh, they might readjust that thought down the road if they're thinking that. I, th I see him as a three plus. And that's a really good rating. And I don't know if I want to see him as one of the two or three at least new Trojans that will play this year. I, they might be forced because of injuries and depth to play him which won't be bad at times, but it'll almost be like putting a couple guys on the field early in bad situations like Thomas, who's now back at tight end, not ready to play, got mixed up in the Friday night lights, deers coming at him near the headlights and vice versa. I see Wilson being a good player down the road. I see him being a quick fix only a few times this year. Okay. Uh, how three, about three plus? Three plus. All right. Um, Taft High School's Antoine Woods, who's been committed to USC very, very for a long time. Very disappointing uh, senior year, and that's due to some injury issues. Um, I, I, I see him as uh, he's a four. I see him as uh, you know he might be forced to play early. Um, he will be forced to play early. First injury in the middle that comes up. Uh, he he has to uh, make some huge adjustments on his body. He's carrying too much weight, or that weight's got to be reduced and substituted with muscle. Uh, he's got great feet. He's got a great upside. The only knockout, he doesn't have much of an upside. He uh, isn't very tall. He's no 6'2 or 3, like a lot of magazines and uh, recruiting books list him at. He's, I think, a 6-foot guy, a 300 guy. I see him a lot of Casey in him. And don't forget last year, Darrell Casey got handled a lot. He was on his back a lot, double teams and things like that. He made great plays. He will be drafted very high, Jarrell, in the NFL draft. But, hey, they didn't give up hundreds and hundreds of yards of teams running against him because everybody was a star in there. Yeah. And something had to do with Jarrell Casey and everybody else. It wasn't Jarrell's fault. It also who's side to side with you. Um, I think that Wood will eventually benefit becoming a better player because the whole load won't be on his shoulders because of the Ukos and the Townsends and the Haywards that will all develop, uh, you know, into a lot of sidekicks to cover your ass either way. So he's a four, tremendous upside, but he has to really work at it, the body thing. Great segue there. You mentioned Hayward, Christian Hayward from San Diego. What, the, what are your thoughts on him? He's the fourth or fifth most important recruit of this class. He is a four plus. 
He's just a nasty, nasty, nasty football player. He's the grinder, and usually those guys play inside. This guy's a strong side end on any defense, whether it's a 3-4 or a 4-3. He just goes and finds the football. He's an ideal 3-4 player. He's an ideal 4-3 player. Strong side end if you flop all the time to strength. He's a guy that can handle the double teams. Of course, Coach Orgeron will add and coach the hell out of him, make him better, and he will. But this guy, this guy is the guy who's got to play right now because he'll be forced to play right now. I mean, the disappointment for me of SC football for three years has been Armstead. He made freshman All-American, which is ridiculous because eight plays on TV, uh, you, know, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, Armstead, to play well, I, I, he hasn't played well for three years. He's had some good games and some good moments. So the pressure will be on Armstead, and Hayward will make Armstead a better player. Usually the older guy makes the younger player a better player. Hayward will push him to an extreme and make Armstead better. Because if he doesn't, you know, Horton's not suited to play the strong side end. He's a weak side end. And so you could see uh, a real battle there early in the season, maybe even the second session of two-a-days. This guy didn't come to SC. If he can get in, I don't know his status on that. But when he does become a Trojan, I hope it's now. I hope he's been accepted to school. I don't know the answer to that. But I think he's special. He's a four plus, highest rating I've ever given to a defensive line. Uh, man, I gave Uko a four plus. All right, good stuff there with Hayward. We'll see what happens. Uh, almost done here, but J.R. Tavai out of uh, Manhattan Beach, California. Well, uh, he, he's Miracosta part, High School. He's plus. He's part of the SETs, the sets, the sign early twins. He and Burke. Same thing. They needed a fullback. He's athletic. He's six feet on paper. Two fifty. He's smaller than six feet. I think. And uh, another guy that definitely, uh, I don't see him being a contributor on the special teams, especially with that new rule about running into wedges. I don't see him being a contributor like Burks on the special team, if Burks plays right away. He doesn't have that kind of speed. You know, people list athletes, well, what is an athlete? What is an athlete? Usually an athlete, in most people's minds, are a guy who can play a bunch of positions. That doesn't make you an athlete. That makes you a guy without a position to play. So they list him as an athlete. As you notice, nobody listed Marquise Lee as an athlete. They listed him as a corner, slash safety, slash whiteout, maybe even tailback. All athletes who are athletes, people can't figure out when they're recruiting where to play him. So he's not I gotta have you guy. And he's but they he was I gotta need you now guy to come in and help the spring practice. So we'll see. It's two fifty. Is he gonna be a, a fat five eleven and a half, two ninety nose guard? Is he going to be a shorter fan goople, or is he going to turn into a Jarrell Casey and fool us all? I don't know. But uh, right now I see him redshirting or, you, or being a contributor in special teams. And then what about Steve Dillon? Uh, the guy, he's not actually signed yet, but you know, it looks like it probably is going to happen. But does, USC doesn't have the actual letter quite yet. Yeah. Palmdale. Uh, Palmdale, yeah. I think Dillon is a guy that they looked at him. You know, he was the uh, Josh Shirley of this year's summer camps. He came out of nowhere almost to the world in football recruiting. And uh, I think Josh Shirley, I mean, Josh Shirley uh, is the same type of guy. He had the red shirt. I compare him a lot to that, only Dylan's bigger, a lot bigger. Dylan isn't 6'4 and a quarter. I just saw that one the other day, 6'3 and 3. Not that. He's a 6'2 and a half, 6'3 guy. I don't know. You have a choice with him because his body can handle it. Um, he, another guy, I think even ahead of, uh, other than uh, Townsend and Woods 
and Hayward, if one of those guys, because of academics or injury, can't play, he'd be a guy that'd get on the field and uh, right, even better right now than Devontae Wilson, who will be a hell of a player someday, I think. But Dylan's a guy that you might keep at 238 to 242 and make him your weak side end forever because you have to look at that side too. If an injury or an early out strips you of Horton, the only other choice on the football team possibly, which is on their roster right now, is to move Kennard to the weak side end where he, I truly think he actually believes. I, I actually believe he belongs there, Kennard. So I could see him, regardless of what the coaches say now, out of necessity, possibly taking Kennard to the weak side end with Dylan as the two candidates for the next season. I know they're going to recruit another high school guy or two, possibly a JC guy. But you only go with what you got. And what you got right now is Dylan, who I think can be a big-time weak side college defensive end. And he's a four. He's very athletic if you leave him at 238 to 242. Four, all right. Uh, that's it for the position players. One last guy out of Louisiana, the punter, Chris Alvarado. What do you think about that? Well, some recruiting analyst was an idiot, gave him a two. They saw, so when have you ever seen a punter not punt the hell out of the ball in a highlight tape? And he had a 47.2 average, and maybe some of it was a roll, but I've seen him kicking an actual game on the high school channel, and I've seen him on, on tapes. And the guy just roots the ball high and far. I mean, uh, Orgeron wouldn't have recruited him if he's a line drive punter. He had the whole world to recruit. And, and, and Ed saw him and Coach Ed and, and, and liked him. And what I've seen, I mean, you know, he's one of those guys. You don't play the second or third team quarterback, but at the end of the game, you need a 69-yard punt. And, and you're on your own three-yard line. And if you don't get the 69-yard punt, then the ball goes out on your own 40, and they got two timeouts in the clock and beat you with a fullback, with a field goal, excuse me. And, and that's what this guy, I think, can bring to SC. You need a punter that you don't want him to outkick coverage, but you want him in crucial situations to be able to outpunt a possible field goal that can beat you, whether it's before the halftime or the end of the game. He's got that. I gave him a three-plus of what I've seen. Now, he might shank everything. Nobody knows on the kicker. You know, they're a little different. Punters, kickers, place kickers. They're a lot different because society makes them different. People who are recruiting analysts do not rate kickers high. It's because he's a kicker. But who's more important going into the game? A second-string quarterback that's never played or your first-string punter? It's the punter that's more important. All right. Well, that's the entire class of 2010 for USC. And I wanted to, wanted to get briefly to talk to some of the guys that got away. And But before that, we did get a special email I wanted to read to you, if that's okay. Uh, it's from Barry Markowitz, who's a, a friend of the site. His son, uh, Abe Markowitz, is actually on the USC football team, was a former walk-on, and now has earned himself a scholarship. He'll be in the mix there for offensive line. And Barry and uh, Lanny have a, a little history. So I just wanted to read this email. He said, I brought my son from Western Samoa in 1994 to visit UCLA's Football Nutrition Center, laugh out loud, Olympus Burgers at Santa Monica Boulevard and Sepulveda. It's an Armenian version of Saturday Night Live's Cheeseburger Cheeseburger uh, long before Saturday Night Live went on the air where Lanny used to have his plus, plush executive offices. Olympus Burgers was gone and in its place was a third story building and a few of my tears. Lanny, you were a big shot on that corner. How could you let them destroy such a sacred Bruin institution? And It was all downhill from there and my son went astray and became a Trojan for life. Lanny, share a bit of the secrets of that place. Did Bruce Lee and other celebs used to really hang out there with you in the parking lot 
did other Trojans hang out there? And whatever happened to UCLA starting freshman corner, uh, quarterback, Greg Kakiani, is that how you say it? Uh, who almost beat SC in the last ever 71 USC-UCLA freshman game until Bill Fudge, wherever did he vanish to, demolish our defense. And thanks for all the, the chili donuts. Lucky the NCAA didn't find out about those. Thanks for the memories, Landy. Barry Markowitz, UCLA football, 71 to 74. That was great. He's a great guy. <laughs> I, you know, I root for his son. Uh, I'm prejudiced there that way. I, I, I remember him as a little baby. And... Uh, uh, and, and the Marquis family, you know, the grandfather played at USC. He's got Trojan lines. Uh, the, the amazing thing about that whole deal was I actually was a coach at a Catholic high school in those days, and I owned part of that. And uh, the other word was, uh, you know, Budiger, Budiger. I'm stroking the Greek boy in me right now. But uh, it was fabulous. And I actually boxed. Uh, it was Chuck Norris' studio, and I also was a boxer, a fairly acclaimed amateur boxer. And uh, I actually sparred Bruce Lee with boxing gloves. Uh, I'm one of the few guys that walked. And I actually got him in the ribs a few times. Of course, he floored me. And, uh, <laughs> and he was a great guy. And a lot of boxers, that's what uh, Mr. Markowitz is. Uh, some of the best days of my life have been with, with, with uh, Father Markowitz. I mean, just I can't wait to see him again. I hope I, I do. I was going to last year, but I've had a few family issues to deal with. Uh, nothing bad, but... Uh, and, and other sports time that's taken away. But uh, I can't wait to see you again, Barry. All right. Well, thanks, Barry, for that email. And then uh, one last thing we wanted to touch on was some of the guys that that got away. There's a prominent player from Crenshaw, from Florida. Maybe talk about a couple of those guys. Yeah. You know, from I rate the SC class from, you know, I, you go average, above average, good, real good, great. This class is almost real good, and that's reality. Just a lot of four and three guys. You give them real goods when you can win 10, 11 games. You've got a real good classes consistently. You know, a bit of luck and a little bit of magic. Uh, the biggest guy, I think, in terms of that got away would be uh, one of the three would be uh, Anthony Thomas, naturally, because you can play him so much. Uh, the one thing I do like, the fact that we don't have to hear about DeAnthony winning the Heisman at tailback. He'll never win the Heisman Trophy tailback because the body is 156 pounds. But that was huge because he is a jump-your-butt uh, cover guy. Uh, you know, the, the amazing thing about him is that uh, the burst. But he's gone, but that was a five guy. I mean, uh, that would have been um, helped SC win a lot of games. But SC still might win all those games, and I think they will with or without him. Maybe not the Oregon game. Oh, who knows? I'm just saying. Somebody, or he might lose the Oregon game because he has a propensity to get hurt and fumble. As he might beat Oregon because of a D'Anthony Thomas mistake in a close game. The other guy, there's two others. Nicholas, that I thought would really be a great football player, and I do, uh, a six-position player who went to Notre Dame, Troy Nicholas, uh, took uh, Notre Dame over SC. Because he would have given you that solid tight end because the way he catches and he's got some juke. He's got a lanky, skinny body, though, Troy Nicholas, and he only can play. He wouldn't have been a tackle. I don't think he can play a tackle in college. He's got one of those pencil neck frames, and uh, I see him being another guy in the Notre Dame games that some SC fans will wish we had, you know, and vice versa. That happens every guy. wish deep down they don't talk about him, but that's one of the guys. And I'm trying to think of another one. Who might be the other guy that... Uh, Roberson? Is that the... Uh, um, the other guy besides Nicholas... Terry? 
Kenterine or Roberson? No, not Roberson or Terine. Uh, Terine ended up being just a pretty good guy during the scene. Robertson would have been one of the guys that we could use right now. I mean, we needed another young cover corner special guy, a bigger Henderson. But we got Henderson. That's very good. But we didn't. And 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 not Torian White. Uh, Torian White. Uh, I, I wouldn't want him on my football team for the way he changes his mind all the time. He might change his mind in the middle of a huddle and leave UCLA someday. So. <laughs> But, but for sure, the guys would be Nicholas and DeAnthony Thomas. And uh, there's somebody else who de decommitted from SC at the end. Maybe you can help me. I'm just tongue-tied right now, and that's hard for me to get tongue-tied. Who, who, who decommitted from SC? I'll think of it, but I want to bring some point up, and maybe my mind will get back to that. Uh, that, you know, all recruiting classes, the thing that really counts in recruiting is not the signing class. It's the basis for the clock class. Because like Venuco, he's five to get four now. Uh, some great stats on that to back up what I say. One thing is that every college, it's not SC, goes through this. But let me give you the ad uh, averages in the last five years or six seasons of recruiting classes that SC's maintain their players. They've lost 20% of their 210 class of the guys that signed or, and one who committed but didn't sign on signing date of last year. On the 209 class, they've lost 22.5%. State at SC, both 210 and 29 classes, a year or two at the most. Some guys never enrolled. 22.5 for 209. The 208 class was the reason why SC lost five games last year and, and, and some four games the year before, a huge reason. This is unfathomable. 42.25% of that class is not with us, the 2A class. I'm talking about the Campbell who never got in school. I'm talking about the Kavingas and the other Campbell that left. Just a lot of good players that left. I mean, eight, eight out of 19 Trojans that signed just two and a half years ago aren't there right now. So that's where not the penalties got them right away. It was the issue of so much, one, lack of recruiting offense slash and defensive linemen, and two, the numbers of guys lost, and one, back to one, the lack of getting numbers were the two most important positions on the field are those nine positions between the tackles on offense and between the ends on defense. And so 42, but that was followed the year be, I mean, was preceded two years before by the 206 class that only brought in, that lost 33% of their players. So when SC went in with five-year guys in 210, there was only four or five five-year guys that contribute, contributed. And remember, a couple of quarterbacks that won Heisman trophies, Carson Palmer played almost 50 games, a five-year guy. Only four in the one season, but that hit by Fletcher in the Oregon game made him a Heisman Trophy winner. The other co quarterbacks that stayed five, I mean, even though Pete Carroll ranted and raved, and, uh, ranted and raved on the Sanchez thing, I mean, the depth created, uh, I mean, you had to take, because of the lack of the 207 and 206 recruiting classes of getting certain players that grew into the 208 era, you had to play the Tyrone Smiths early. But you only had one Tyrone Smith, where the 204, five, 3, 4, 5 groups had a bunch of type to Tyrone Smiths. I'll interject one other thing. I don't know if this ever be done again in college football history, but the 205 SC uh, team had nine linemen, a good friend of mine, 
very good friend of mine, close friend of mine, brought that up, an SC guy, the other night to me. I was sitting with three SC guys. And uh, that nine guys were picked in one draft off in two years off an SC football line. Nine guys in the offense out of 11 starters were first or second round picks in the draft. That's incredible. This year, to show you how things have changed a little or a lot, Tyrone Smith's the only first-round pick, if he's picked. We don't know if he'll be picked first, first round. I'm sure he will. I'd bet everything but my inheritance on it and my bank account. But who else will be a first-round pick or a second-round pick or a third-round pick? Do you think they'll put up with an overrated Lewis and pick him early? Maybe somebody will. But O'Dowd, will they pick him early? Maybe somebody will. But I don't see any first-rounders in there, and I don't really even see them as second-rounders. And what do you got coming next year? No seniors. No seniors, other than, than guys who have two years left who will be seniors next year ready. As, we don't know if Garness and, and Dalton are ready to play college football. The other thing, we don't know and we hope and pray that Holmes and Khalil will stay five. So the next year after this next draft, we might see no Trojan ever get drafted in the offensive line. Who is it? They can't draft Walker. They can't draft Hobie. Those guys got five years ahead of them. And that's what's happened to SC football. The lack of depth in the offensive line and, and the other point, the lack of depth at linebackers and defensive line. And so they've got to face reality. Some of the Pollyanna Trojans and the loving Pollyanna Trojans got to not hammer our coaching staff right now too much. I mean, because they were handed an empty, uh, maybe a dessert plate, but not a main dish, because that's the offensive line. So I see uh, a little bit of a transition era because of these type of statistics. Usually I'm not a stat guy, but I had the to rant and rave a little bit about that. And, and uh, the other things that some of the guys, um, remember you don't have anybody till the clock class begins. And so I hope uh, this class probably will bear even a higher 20% eventually because when you bring in 31 players, you don't have 31 happy guys around. Or you might, you know, somebody might come back and now Ambles is with us again and maybe Ambles will leave again. Maybe a Prater will be an All-American or maybe he'll want to start. And you got Farmer and Lee and Woods. And those guys are going to be hard to beat out if Lee's in the offensive side of the ball. And that's not to say an improved Flournoy and a Blackwell. And so I'm not picking. I just suggested, you know, people that might look at leaving because of the probation era. A Scroggins could leave because he's sandwiched between Kessler and Wittick and behind Barkley. Uh, do you want to wait two or three or not ever if you're Scroggins or a Wittick eventually or a, a Kessler? So those will be issues during a probation that don't get a heart attack on anything. Maybe a, a Dylan won't want a red shirt and on and on. you got 15 DBs going into the season. Uh, Wiley will scare a lot of people's position thoughts when he comes in. A month or two of Henderson will make a lot of DBs who aren't playing and think, think about it. And that's not all bad. You rep just replace them with a better player. Guys will go everywhere. Auburn, Alabama. Look at all the quarterbacks from one Michigan team that will play in the NFL. An era of two years, one Michigan team will have four guys who are in one team playing the NFL. But only one, one and then another guy a few games will have ever played at Michigan. They recruited four quarterbacks of the NFL style, you know, led by Mallett. Uh, but anyway, the other thing about just one thing else I wanted to mention on the recruiting process, a project that turns into a process, that some guys don't really become really good football players till their fourth or fifth year. And I see 
the most important thing for SC to do to be successful, and I'm talking double-digit wins, and hopefully eight or nine at the worst, and at the worst I mean that, that right now to be good this year, Khalil, Holmes, and Graf have to be good yesterday. That is the key to keeping two or three of all those guys healthy and getting better. And at that, the younger guys, Garness, Dalton, will feed off that. And you won't force Hobie and Walker into the fire, and they can get minutes. Because there will be pulled muscles and hamstrings. Somebody will break an ankle. Maybe not one of those seven. Or somebody will get a medial collateral and it'll be out a month. Or a tendon pull. And you've got to get, keep those guys. That's the key to the whole success. Because you don't want Barkley running for his life. Because lost of weight or not, he isn't very mobile. And he's not very good in the open field if he's going a lot of times. He's no Whitaker Kessler out there. And, and you don't want him to be. That doesn't mean he's immobile and he's not athletic. He's just limited. So you know what makes a lot of guys go is the ability of quarterback's feet, a la the Oregon quarterback, a la Roberson in Michigan, to move the chains. And we don't have a quarterback like that who's slated to play this year. So that's why those three guys, plus the two Jucos, and then two of the four freshmen, got to be ready to play. Or we got to have a miracle come from Coleman, not a, a mini miracle from Martinez, that they have finally come of age to be ready to contribute in the Pac-10 schedule plus Notre Dame and Syracuse on a constant basis, whether they're playing 10 plays or 20 players. And with that, my friends, thank God I have you as my listeners, and I'm honored, and thanks for listening to me. And I hope I get to talk to you again. Fight on. Lanny, we really appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. The Trojan Blast here. We get to have Lanny on. We'll try to get you on some more, Lanny, but it's always... You have to. We have to. But we love hearing your thoughts on the recruiting class. Well, thanks very much for tuning in to that special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. We'll see you next week on the Peristyle Podcast.